you know, I wanted to contact you because with the way everything is going right now, I really think that your message, one of discussion and, um, you know, nuance is, is very important. It almost seems like a lost art at this point. I hear you. Well, I've been doing it for uh, about 35, almost 36 years now. And yeah. uh, back then, people thought I was crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And now, and, and now they're, you know, like, hey, Daryl, you, you know these people. What's going on with them? Yeah. <laughs> well, how do you think, how do you think that um, we got to this point? Because it, it, honestly, socially, it feels like, you know, at least during the last administration, probably longer than that, but it seems like we've been focused on uh, injustices, racially, you know, a lot of bring up, you know, the term Nazi and, and racist sure. and all that stuff has been at the forefront for the last few years. So, well, we, we got to this point through ignorance hmm. and, um, and stupidity, both. Uh, we have been ignoring uh, this, this elephant in the room, if you will, hmm. this elephant being racism. You know, people don't want to talk about it. It's taboo to talk about. You know, let's, let's not discuss that. Let's just keep it in the closet, under the rug, whatever. Uh, it's, it's a blemish on the history of this country. But, you know, every country has its uh, skeletons in the closet. Mm. And the only way you're going to get forward is to uh, lay all your cards face up on the table. The yeah. good, the bad, the ugly, and the shameful. Mm. And racism is one of the ugliest and most shameful things ever uh, put out by this country. And it has to be addressed. And because we've been ignoring it, uh, we've gotten to this point. Because, you know, there's a difference between ignorance and stupidity. You know, mm -hmm. ignorance is simply not knowing yeah. and making a wrong choice or decision. And stupidity is knowing the facts and still making the wrong choice. You know, I, I guess the, we were at the point where that cop, that, that officer, felt so bold as to, as to do. I mean, he was just comfortable. Hand yeah. in the pocket. Well, you know, that's... You know, that, that's, that's almost um, unfathomable to me. That, you know, but see, we've been talking about that hmm. long before video cameras ever came out and nobody believed us. Well, if a cop beat you, you had to have done something. Yeah. You know, were, were you resisting arrest? No. Well, what did you do? I didn't do anything. Well, you had to have done something. Cops just don't do that. You know, that, that was the attitude of those people who live in a bubble and they don't see it. Now, one's perspective is one's reality. So I'm not faulting the people who, who don't experience that. You know, if, if you don't experience it, then why would you think it's true for somebody else? Mm. And, but we've been complaining about it for decades, long before Rodney King, long before any videos, right? And then finally, when somebody sees it and they say, oh, I get it now. Yeah, I see what's happening. Uh, you know, if they see it one time, they might think, oh, that's a one-off. No, it's not a one-off. It's something that is chronic. And then when they see it more and more, then they begin to empathize. But those people who see it and still don't get it are stupid. <laughs> yeah. They're and that, and that's how, yeah, exactly. They're turning a blind eye. They're denying what they saw. Uh, they don't want to deal with it. Um, so, we, so we are here at this point by a combination of ignorance and stupidity. And, yeah. and it has to be addressed. Uh, you know, George Floyd, not, not to take anything away from George Floyd at all, but the, the whole protest thing is not just about George Floyd. Yes. It's about hundreds of George Floyds over the decades. And this particular George Floyd was the straw that broke the camel's back. Hmm. Um, and another thing that is different this time around, well, let's, let's talk about the similarities first. 
I mean, ever since we we started the civil rights movement, say 1955, with uh, Rosa Parks and Dr. King, and on through the 60s, we've always had uh, white participants who got it. You know, they understood what was going on, they recognized it, and they wanted to help make a change. Uh, and they marched with us, they protested with us. But never before until now have we seen this many white people join in the protests. Mm. And see, in the past, when it was predominantly a black thing, the powers that be were like this. Yep. They had their ears covered. They didn't want to hear what we had to say. They shut us down, uh, you know, turned fire hoses on us and police dogs and all kinds of stuff. And 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 those protests were a lot more quiet than, yeah. uh, than the ones Absolutely. today, you know? Absolutely. And, and all they were marching for was the right to vote. That's all. Yeah, equality. Yeah, exactly. Equality. Yeah, and yeah. they're getting fire hoses and... and, and yeah. uh, Police dogs, okay? That's America. Hmm. That is America. That, that didn't happen, you know, in Mongolia or somewhere. It yeah, exactly. right here in the United States. And people don't, don't want to see that. They well, don't want to talk they, about that. Or they want to act that the, the amount of time that's passed between there and then has been enough to where it's, that's not the case anymore. That's just not it, Exactly. And, and, and what I, and then the things that, you know, that really disturb me is when somebody says, well, you know, you know that, that was the norm for back then. No, that isn't the norm for any time. Exactly. You know, these are human beings you're dealing with. Um, and then, you know, you say, talk, you talk about slavery and these people that own slaves. Well, you know, well, everybody did it back then. Well, it doesn't make it right. If everybody murdered somebody back then or raped somebody back then, does that make it right? Exactly. If your mother got raped back then. Is it cool now? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. So that's what people, you know, they, they want to justify it by the amount of time that has passed and things are different now. Mm -hmm. um, when we were brought here 400 years ago, we were, we were as human then as we are now. And, and so as I pointed out, when it was a predominantly black protest, uh, the, you know, people had cotton in their ears and didn't want to hear anything, mm -hmm. uh, the powers that be. But now where you have all kinds of ethnicities marching and a large, large white presence of people who get it and recognize it and empathize with the cause marching, then the powers that be are now pulling out their earplugs or putting uh, hearing aids in so that they hear these voices now yeah. because they're seeing people who look just like them. And for the first time in our history of this country, things are beginning to happen a lot faster. Police yeah. officers getting charged, getting fired, uh, et cetera. Um, and also another thing that we've seen in addition to the large uh, white crowds, is the ripple effect mm. that we've never seen before to this extent, where these protests are geared primarily towards the police yes. and their misconduct. But the ripple effect being Confederate flags getting banned from NASCAR, um, Statue. statues coming down, Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben changing, yep. even the Mississippi flag after all these years is, yep. is getting a facelift. You know, that, that's a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And um, now while, you know, taking down statues and, and banning flags, et cetera, is not going to change anybody's attitude. It's still how something do, that... Huh? How do you, I, I've heard you speak on that before. And as far as like, um, you know, do you think there's any kind of fear of changing history as far as that goes? Or do you think it's, it's important to take those down? I know some of them were put up during the civil rights movement. kind of as Right, a, exactly. Most of them yeah. were put up during the civil rights movement. Um, yes, it is important to take them down. Right. 
they don't belong there. They belong, I mean, I'm not saying take them down, destroy them or rip them down or whatever. Uh, you know, you can gently remove them or whatever, do whatever you want to do, but they don't belong in the, in the public place. They belong in a museum or yes. go build a Confederate Memorial Park. And people who want to honor their Confederate ancestors or whatever can go there and do so. Um, I have ancestors that fought in the Confederacy. My parents were from Virginia, Roanoke and Salem. And as you know, Virginia was the seat of the Confederacy. And uh, I'm a descendant of slaves. Slaves had in the South had to fight along with their slave masters against the people in, in, in the Union. So there were, there, you know, there were a lot of black uh, people in, in the Confederacy, you know? Now, um, not, you know, I honor my ancestors because, you know, without them, I wouldn't be here, obviously. Yeah. But I don't honor slavery or the Confederacy. And most black people don't. Believe it or not, there are some who do. And, you know, they, but they don't honor slavery. They yeah, just yeah. honor it because their, their ancestors were in there. Uh, and, you know, if that's what they want to do, that's fine. But the loser does not get to build their statues yes. or fly their flags. Absolutely. Okay. So the South needs to get over it. They lost. <laughs> yeah. They lost. And um, so they don't, get to, they don't get to put up their stuff. You know, yeah. we went to war. This country went to war uh, against Great Britain, mm. which, is why, which is why we have this upcoming holiday, uh, July 4th. Yeah. Right? To celebrate our independence in what? The Revolutionary War. Correct. So there are plenty of people, most, most white people in this country, most white people in this country are of English descent. Mm. Right? They, 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 they came over here to, to escape the tyranny of the king. Yes. Right? Because they couldn't worship how they wanted to worship and do what they wanted to do. You know, they, they were under the, uh, the foot of the king. Mm -hmm. So they came here. Um, so we have what are called, I guess, English Americans or Americans of English descent. Now, Great Britain lost that war. Yeah. Right? So do these Americans who are of English descent, do they build statues to King George III yeah, and fly, fly the flags. Union Jack? Yeah, no. no. Of course not. Okay? Of course not. Uh, Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. So how do you think it is? Do you think that there was a racist sentiment that they just, that, that was- uh, Absolutely. That, yeah. no, no question about it. Okay, mm -hmm. look, Japan bombed Pearl Harbor in December, 1943, I think December 7th, right? Um, there are plenty of Americans here in this country that have been here of Japanese descent. Japan lost that war. They don't sit around and, and they have ancestors who participated yeah. uh, in, in that war. They don't, they don't build statues of, of the um, Japanese uh, leader of the time and fly the Japanese flag to, to commemorate that war. Mm -hmm. um, we went to war against Germany. There are tons, and Germany lost the war. Yeah. There are tons of, of Americans who, of German descent. We don't build statues of Adolf Hitler here. Exactly. We don't fly swastikas unless you're a neo-Nazi or something. Yeah. So the South, the Confederacy lost the war. There's no reason to have any Confederate statues out here in public. Stick them in a museum or Memorial Park, but you pay for the park. We should not pay for the park. The, the U.S. government should not pay for the park. If, if a bunch of um, Confederate descendants or whatever want to you know, pitch money together and build a park, that's fine. That's great. You know? Mm -hmm. um, but the people that lost don't get to, uh, to fly their stuff and build their statues. Get over yeah. it. Absolutely.
Um, so as far as the protest goes, I mean, how do you see this playing out? I mean, I know no one really has the answers or anything like that, but what does real reform do you think look like? Because I was listening to a, a talk that you did. I don't know if it was on Rogan somewhere, but you were saying that you were spoke to a Baltimore police officer uh, who, I don't know if he dropped his robe, but he was in the Klan. Yeah, I have his robe and I have his, and his hood and I have his um, police uniform. Yeah, so I would assume Baltimore that City Police. Yeah, I'm assuming that's, I mean, obviously that's not the only instant. So, no, there, there, there are others, trust me. So as far as reform goes, I mean, is there any chance that we've really, you know, can flush out all these people? Or, I mean, I, you know, completely abolishing the police seems... No, I don't, I don't wanna, know where we, where we go from here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. No, we don't want to abolish the police, but we have a, we have a president who, yeah. who, is, who is very divisive. Absolutely. And the most divisive president we've had. By far. Uh, he's doing absolutely nothing uh, for for the people that he claims to be his base. He's doing absolutely nothing for the people uh, who don't support him. When but he as, came when he came out after the protests and said, uh, you know, he's going to dominate the streets and all that stuff. I, I've never heard anything like that. That is that is. Well, I mean, you it's always him, been like that, but but I don't know. Yeah, but you saw him, you know, um, uh, retweet this uh, video of some guy, uh, yeah. yeah, white power. Yeah, just the you, other know, day. you know, the guy, you know, the president is a moron, in my opinion. <laughs> He's an absolute moron. I don't think you're you the know? only one that feels like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's a shame because he has the most powerful seat in the world. And he would have the ability, he can't change everybody's mind, but he would have the ability to bring people together in this country. That would be the greatest achievement of any president. Absolutely. In that seat of power, to unify this country, to make it what we proclaim to be, but mm-hmm. what we fall very short of. We call, we call ourselves the United States of America, and we certainly are not. One nation indivisible under God. When have we been indivisible? With liberty and justice for all? When have all people had liberty and justice? You know, when, you, when you're in, in that seat of the presidency in the White House, you know, you're not going to change everybody's mind for sure. No one person can do that. But you, you have the ability to change a lot of minds and bring a lot of people together. And he has simply refused to do that. Um, so, you know, he, he, he didn't have my support. Yeah, uh, of course. But, you know, if, if, he, you know, if he wants to work towards that, I will support him 100%. Mm. But, but so far, he has not impressed me in the least. You know, yeah. uh, I, I did not vote for him, but when he won, I supported him. I supported him because he's the president. Um, give him a chance. You know, let, let's see what he does. Uh, he didn't do a damn thing. But in, th- in that regard, I will say he is the best thing that ever happened to this country. He is not a great president at all. He, he's the worst president, but he's the greatest thing that ever happened to this country. Because it brought about. Because it brought about all this stuff. All right. He uh, because of him, we have the Me Too movement for women because of all his abuse of women, because of him and all this division. We have these protests that are that are changing history. You know, this is probably the most significant thing that has happened in the 20th and 21st century thus far. Because a lot of these things have been in place for way too long. 
and now a page is turning. The yeah. page is turning. We're not, we're not to the end of the book. I mean, we're not even to the end of the chapter, but at least the page is turning. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I say Donald Trump uh, has, has a big part in that. Not, not by design, not by any intelligent design of his own, but just you know, by him being what he is, uh, yep. evil and divisive and racist. How do you feel that we get to the, 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 next, the next, you know, how do we turn the page? How do we change mine? Well, you know, it, it comes through dialogue. Absolutely. It comes through dialogue. We have to sit down and talk. The police have to come to the table and sit down and talk. Um, you know, you, you're talking about, about people uh, wanting to abolish the police department and things like that. No, we don't need to abolish yeah. the police. But we do need reformation and we, need, and we do need defunding. And, you know, when people hear the term defund the police, it means different things to different people. And certainly it means different things to different police departments across the country. Uh, for example, um, defunding the police, defunding, let's say, the NYPD, for example, mm-hmm. would, would look much different than defending, I mean, defunding some little um, small town, rural, in- rural town in, in Montana or something, you know, yeah, exactly. completely different definition uh, because of the size of the, of the department. Yeah, but, um, I bring up the term defund the police because it seems like, you know, most people, I, I feel, get their dialogue online. Right. Nowadays they have all this stuff, and it seems like there are two extremes. It seems like every, everyone wants to oversimplify things with just one term. Well, you know, for 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 the area where where I am, uh, Washington D.C., Northern Virginia, uh, Maryland, um, what they want to do when they say defund the police is, it doesn't mean that police are going to lose their salary. Yeah. They're still going to get paid the same thing. Yeah. But you know, because they have a budget that's given to them every year. And, and that budget also has extra money in it for police barbecues or yeah. sports events you know, that will raise money and help kids and all that other kind of stuff. Um, they want to take away that extra money, defund that extra money, and allocate it. Uh, over here, they want to talk about allocating it <clears throat> towards uh, mental health, because a lot of uh, people with mental health issues are the ones who are getting arrested out here on the streets uh, for loitering in front of the 7-Eleven yeah. or you know, sleeping in the bus stop or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, personally, I don't think that's where the money should go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, people do need help, uh, mental health, but there are other places where that money can come from and put towards mental health and, ha- and, and hire more mental health workers and let them go deal with these people. That should not be the, the concentration of the police. Sure, they should have some knowledge, uh, basic knowledge of mental health, but that's not their focus. Their focus should be crime, yeah. right? Just like, you know, when, when you have a rabid dog, you know, roaming around the neighborhood or you see some, you know, fox in your yard or something, um, you don't call the police. You yeah. call animal control. Yeah. Those are the experts. Yeah. So police are not, and I, and I underscore, I circle, I highlight the word not, uh, mental health experts. Yeah, uh, they, they usually get, you know, like, like we had an incident here a while back where somebody was having a diabetic seizure mm. and um, he was driving, like weaving all over the, the highway and the police got behind him and put on the lights and the person, you know, uh, wasn't yeah. compliant. He was in a seizure, yeah. you know, and so they forced his car into the guardrail 
and uh, you know, started yelling at him and all that kind of stuff, and he wasn't complying. And so they thought he was drunk and shot him. Yeah, and wow. Him. You know, that's the lack of mental health training. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? So, you know, rather than burden them with that kind of thing, have them focus on crime, hire more people for mental health, get that money elsewhere. Um, but also with the defunding, what I say is, you know, if you're not going to put it towards that, it should be put towards a few things, in my opinion. One, um, hire some behavioral psychologists and have them develop tests and administer these tests when you are hiring police officers. Okay, just like the FBI uh, have criminal profilers. They have studied thousands and thousands of cases of serial rapists, serial murderers, this, that, and the other. They know the profile of these people. They're not 100% accurate. But but they are but they are pretty accurate, you know. Every now and then, you know, they they make a mistake, and and, and uh, they they profile somebody, and it wasn't the person. Yeah. But but for the most part, those profiles are pretty accurate, and it helps them nail the bad guy. So they can they can also develop tests and profile people who have uh, a subliminal or uh, or implicit a uh, racial bias. Mm. All right. Um, and there are tests that you can take to yeah. determine if someone has that kind of a bias. It's crazy so, to me that that's something like that hasn't already been in place. You well, know, you know uh, why? Because because you wouldn't be hiring anybody. It all <laughs> failed the test. That's why, you know. So hire these people to create a test. And right here where I am right now, you know, you have to do uh, uh, to apply for the police. You got to do a polygraph. You got to do oral and written. Mm-hmm. And and one of the t- one of the questions is. How do you feel about homosexuality? That's on the test. Mm-hmm. Now, why would you ask that question? Well, obviously, because there are homosexuals in, in the community. And, you know, you don't want a police officer showing some kind of bias towards yeah. somebody like that. So you, you got to check that out. Well, if you're going to ask about that, why don't you ask? They, they you know, know. There's no race question? No, none, none. I don't understand that. Oh, I do. I do. Of course I do. Absolutely. So, I mean, I get it, but, uh, you know, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Exactly. So take the money, redesign the test, get these uh, behavioral psychologists in there to administer the test and determine, right? If the person has some kind of racial bias, you're excused. You don't, you don't, you don't make, you don't make it this time, you know, go, go, go get a job somewhere else. Um, We need that. And also we need um, a national registry. For police officers who have been uh, terminated, for um, so they can't exactly. Yeah. Okay. We don't have one. We do not have one. Um, just like you have these these uh, these Catholic priests who every so often get into trouble yeah. with uh, little boys or something, right? And what move. happens? They just get moved around. Yeah. And, and moving them around. Brand is new not life. St- no nothing. Yeah. No right. one knows anything. Exactly. And moving them around does not stop the behavior. Yeah. So when a police officer gets terminated for, for brutalizing somebody or killing somebody or doing something stupid, taking bribes or whatever, uh, he gets fired. He goes to another department and gets rehired. Yeah. You know, that's what he knows to do. And it starts all over again in that department and just gets moving, moving around. Unlike, you know, if you're a child molester, and you molest some some kid in New York City, and you move out to L.A. to Los Angeles, um, 
No one knows you, no nothing. Everybody, okay. everybody knows you because yeah. there's a, a, a uh, what do you call it? A sex offender registry. Yeah. You know, you, you try to go apply for a job at a kindergarten or with the Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts. You're not getting hired. So is this really like, a, as far as I heard you also say on a, on a, on a lecture, uh, you made a comment about money. They've been choosing money over morality. Do you think that that's been going on in every facet almost? Or do you think that's Pretty what Ameri America's almost built on? Capitalism, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> I mean, the, the two, besides your family, your mom and dad, the two major um, institutions that have the most influence on you are the churches, unless yes. you're an atheist, of course, the churches and, and, and schools. Mm. You know, we spend 12 years in school unless we drop out. Yeah. Right? We graduate at 12th grade, and then some of us go on to college, some of us, you know, don't. Um, but those who are in church from, from kindergarten, not kindergarten, from Sunday school on through adulthood, you know, a lot of us are there every Sunday. Yep. And here's the problem, you know, schools don't talk a lot about race and interracial dating and things like that. Uh, and neither do the churches, Never most really. of them, you know? But in Sunday school, you know, whether you're Protestant, Mormon, Jewish, whatever, every, every uh, religion has some, form of Sunday school for the, for the preschoolers and, and you know, um, uh, kids up, up to the age of, you know, 12 or something. They learn that we're all God's children. God made a rainbow, different colors, and he loves us all. And we're supposed to love one another. And as, as children, you know, we're not fully developed yet. And our personalities are shaping, our beliefs are shaping based upon what we see based upon what, we told, what we're told, we're sponging in all this information at that age. Yep. So if, you know, if you're a, a little kid and you're being told God made a rainbow and God loves everybody, that's what you believe, right? And then, you know, you reach the age of 13 or something, you get sent upstairs to, to the big room, the big congregation, yep. and you get to sit, sit with the adults. And the problem is the preacher, the minister, the reverend, the priest, the rabbi, whatever you want to call that particular clergy at that particular religious institution, um, stops teaching the Sunday, the Sunday school lesson. He or she is no longer preaching, we're all God's children, God loves us all, God made a rainbow, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Um, because what would happen if, if he were to say, you know what, it's okay for Jews to marry Catholics, it's okay for Blacks to marry whites. Oh, wow. You know, uh, there'd be some that would go along with that. But there'd be a lot who'd walk out yeah. or try to get you fired. Absolutely. You know, bring in a new preacher or, or, or they go to another church. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and for but one thing's for certain, they're not going to be putting their, their money in the collection plate. Yes, absolutely. It's passed around because, you, you know, you only pay for what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, whether, whether it's religion or whether it's music, you know, if, um, if, if there was some group that, you know, that you, that you didn't particularly like some some musical group, and I said, "Hey, you know, let's go see this group. You know, you know, next Saturday night at the arena, you know, it costs you know fifty bucks a ticket. You know, so I'm, I'm not paying fifty bucks to go hear them. I don't even like them. I know, but you pay for what you don't want to hear. That's sad though, because you don't go to you don't. I don't. I never I never thought of church as something that I go to hear something I want to hear. I thought of church I go and 
that's not up to me what I hear. I have to process what I hear. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so the absolutely. Mind, yeah, the mindset. And I just think that that mindset too has permeated most 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 people of, and social media kind of, I think, uh, drives that. But it, the, the immediate, all right, I don't like that. I don't want to hear that. I'm not going to deal with that. Yeah. And, you know, if the, the church, when I say church, I, I, I'm using that term loosely. Uh, yeah. Could be a synagogue, temple, whatever. Absolutely. Um, it thrives on money. It thrives on money. That's why, you know, as Christians, uh, you're supposed to give like 10% of your earnings, mm. tithes and offerings to the church. Um, so that's why the collection plate is passed around. And if people are not hearing what they want to hear, then they, um, they don't put money in the plate or they get rid of that preacher, you know? And so that's why he knows what is right and what is wrong, but he's careful not to offend his congregation because, his, because the idea for him is to bring in money to this church. Yeah. And the more, the more the people like their minister, the more they're gonna donate. I mean, I really like that sermon today. I really appreciate what he had to say. Instead of putting in you know, $5, I'm gonna put in $10. Yeah. You know? So you, you try to get some charismatic clergy to come in, everybody likes that person, and the church thrives and makes money. Mm. So that's what I talk about when I say putting money over morality, you know? And see, here's the thing, look. You got um, white Baptist churches and you have black Baptist churches, for example. Why are there black Baptist churches? Because back in the day, black people were not welcome in the white church. Mm. So we had to go form our own, uh, you know, Baptist churches. Now here's the thing. They read the same King James version of the Bible. They believe in Jesus Christ and God and so forth and so on. Um, but yet they have two distinct churches. Yeah. And so, but now things are changing. So now you, you do find some mixed congregations here and there, especially in the city, as yeah. opposed to in the rural area. So you said to somebody, you know, do you accept me as your brother in Christ? And they say, well, of course, and they hug you and so forth and so on. This is a black person asking, a black Baptist asking a white Baptist, do you accept me as your brother in Christ? And they open their arms and hug you and say, of course, you know, we're brothers in Christ. And then you ask him, would you accept me as your brother-in-law if your sister wants to marry me? Yeah. That's when they start walking away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, there's still that underlying issue. And that's, you know, what we have to get over. Yeah. I think, I, I, I just wonder, you know, I wonder how, how we get there. Because this podcast quickly became, all, you know, kind of on the same theme, not necessarily yours, but just promoting discussion and debate. Because it's, again, it seems nuance and all that stuff is gone. It really, it really does. I don't know. I mean, you spend all your time doing this. I'm sure you maybe don't feel like that with people you surround yourself with. But for someone who's, you know, 30, who spends a lot of time on the internet, you know, it seems like every time I log on, it's someone posting valid criticism or whatever. And then underneath it, there's a, a GIF with someone with a tinfoil hat calling yeah. them ridiculous. And there's no in between. And it's just so frustrating for me. I, I've almost, you know, I, I think people who are in the middle who tend to just, they, who have opinions and who could change mine tend to not deal with it at all because it just seems so frustrating. So what would you say well, to people? What we have to do is we have to strengthen the middle. Yeah. 
strength in the middle because you got people who are too far this way, others who are too far that way. So it's a good thing that the middle doesn't go to either side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, and it, it, I mean, it's some people in the middle are indecisive; they don't know which way to go. Uh, and there is a wrong and there is a right. Yes. Um, so, but but if you go too far wrong or too far right, you're in the same place. Exactly. You know, you, you end up both being wrong. Mm-hmm. So it has to be some somewhere in between there, you know, that uh, that can pull people to the right side or have a third side. You know, yeah. you said there are two sides to every coin. Well, there's also the third side of the coin, and that's the edge. Yeah, it seems like people tie their identity, though to being right like if they have their their i mean i i'm sure when you spoke to some of those people that you've you know had dropped their ropes either directly or indirectly you know that i'm sure it's like a very big deal for them to kind of change their entire identity who they are as a person so i mean that's kind of what we're trying to do right now to a lot of a lot of people yeah but what you do is you don't you don't attack them you don't tell them that they're wrong uh, I mean, you know they're wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, if 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 somebody, you know, does, you know, dislikes you simply because of the color of your skin, that is wrong. Yeah. Or if, or if they dislike you because of, of how you you choose to 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 worship God or whatever, and it's different from how they choose, that's wrong. Absolutely. Um, but rather than attack someone, uh, being on the offense, what you do is show them how you are. Just explain your feelings. Say, well, here, here's my perspective. This is what I do. This is what works for me. And this is why this works for me. And see, when you do that, you're talking about yourself. Uh, you, rather than putting all the onus on them, their wall is down. Because as soon as you begin to say you, the wall starts coming up because yes. they're under attack. Absolutely. So you say, this is how I view it. Rather than say, you're wrong. You know, yeah. and then w- when you're talking about yourself, their wall is down and their receptors are turned on. So they're, they're, they're more apt to receive whatever, whatever it is, you know, you're, you're preaching about yourself. Yeah, and that way you are subliminally planting a seed within them. Because then what happens is they go home and they, they think, think about, yeah, exactly. They think about it and they think, you know, I, I just had a conversation with some black guy or some Jewish person, or some gay person, for three hours. You know, uh, that's never happened before. Mm Because usually when they have, you know, when they even try to start that conversation, there's a lot of fighting going back and forth and slapping and whatever else, right? So the whole process is shut down before it even gets started, right? Exactly. So, you know, you you, you have that that respectful conversation. You don't have to agree, but you you don't fight. You You don't attack them. They go home and think, you know, I just had a conversation for three hours with this person. And, um, you know, what he said about such and such makes sense. But he's black. Yeah. But he's black. Yeah. You know, so this cognitive dissonance thing goes on for a while. Mm. And then they have to come to the realization, what he said was true. I see that. So do I disregard the fact that he's black and believe the truth and change my direction? Or do I continue believing a lie just because he's black? Yeah. That's, that's their dilemma. And they have to come to the conclusion. So I, you know, I never say that I convert anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, they converted themselves. I simply 
gave them the impetus to do so. Yeah, that's beautiful. Do you do you have faith that we can we can? And again, just from a guy who spends a lot of time on the internet, uh, to me it looks pretty bleak. It really, yeah, I, it really I, does. I absolutely have faith. Yes, I do. Um, because you know, I'm going to say things are changing. They're changing very slowly, but um, but they are changing. And, uh, and I mean, we've seen some some rapid stuff happening right now. Yes. Uh, and hopefully it will stick, and these people will keep keep turning that page, or, and then the next page, and so forth and so on. Um, I think I think history is being made, yeah. and and you know the, the purpose of protests is to make people uncomfortable. Yes. Because people need to be uncomfortable. When something is wrong and you're comfortable with it, then you need to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And and when you don't listen to what somebody says, then they protest. Mm. And and you become a little uncomfortable. But if you still don't don't listen, then people, you know, start other stuff uh, that causes you to, to sit up and listen and pull your earplugs up, you know, maybe burning down buildings or whatever or whatever they do in order to to get your attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think that, how long do you think that these protests as far as um, are going to continue? I at would this, hope at, that, this, at the scale they're at anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, some of them are, are dwindling down a little bit, yeah. um, but I would hope that they do continue um, through the next election. Mm. Do you think that we should be discussing more uh, the policies of what's going on of, of, of the country? Um, as far as discussing like the history of, of redlining and that types of stuff, rather than doing a lot of, it seems like there's a lot of. I hate to say posturing is not the right word because it's still addressing the issue, but I don't know. I think it all has to be discussed. You know, policies, etc. Uh, they need to be. Some of them need to be reworked. Some of them need to be eliminated altogether. Um, but yes, they definitely need to be discussed. But you also have to uh, look at the common man. You know who, who's not involved in politics. You know he's working hard, uh, whether it's blue collar, white collar, whatever, working hard to support their family. And those are probably yeah. the people that need their minds changed a little bit more. Yeah, and um, you know at, at the grassroots level, yeah, these are the people who need to be exposed um, and um, and educated mm. as, as as to how we can work together. Because when, when we work together, as opposed to as opposed to against each other, then those policies will change. Yeah. If those people want to remain in office. Yeah. And that's what you're saying about the, the white people joining the protest. Exactly. Exactly. Because the only reason they're in office is because they were voted in office. Exactly. Unless they are they are a um, appointed uh, what do you call it? appointed Supreme Court yeah, justice yeah. or something appointment for life or something. But, you know, these senators, these congressmen, these mayors, people, presidents, whatever, these are people who have terms and, and they're voted in. So, you know, you keep people divided and conquered, you know, you can't say you can stay up there as long as you want. Exactly. But, but 
when you see those people uniting, um, that's when you better start, start behaving and serving the people. Yeah. I hope, I, I hope we get to that point. I really do. Oh, I think we will. I think we will. It seems like it. I, it really does, especially over the last, the last um, I mean, this election, do you see the ads? Do you see the, the, the big corporations making changes? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the, the, the banners versus, you know, a lot, again, this is the cynicism of me being a 30-year-old, of just young, but, it, you know, it's hard. It's, it, it does, part of it seems a little bit superficial rather than actually dealing with the problem of donating money and stuff like that, and just putting up a banner and saying, hey, we're, we're on board or we're showing support. And it's like, is that a money thing or is that an app? It's, it's, it's probably both. It's probably both, but it, but it is important for them to show support. Yes, you know, you know, to to, to recognize that. Um, I remember, you know, a uh, this is a clothing company called Benelton. Mm. Um, you know, they they were like one of the first to mm. put out to do these uh, multiracial commercials on TV. Okay. You know, where have, you might have a a black husband and a white wife or whatever yeah. kind of thing and, and interracial kids are dressing up, you know, in these Benelton clothes mm -hmm. and they caught all kinds of hell from letter writers. And, you know, when, what, when was it? Uh, this was probably, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe wow. years ago. Yeah. That's not that long ago. No. And, um, you know, and just like when they started putting black uh, athletes faces on the Cheerios boxes, or not yeah. the Cheerios, or, or Wheaties, yeah. you know? Uh, they caught hell for that. So, you know, things are beginning to change, uh, and, and, and the companies that do these bold moves are, are putting themselves at risk. True, yes. You know? And so they stand to, they stand as much to lose money as they do to gain money. Mm. Because, look, uh, people are already threatening to boycott NASCAR. Yeah. Okay, but NASCAR did the right thing. Absolutely. All right. Now, like I said, taking down the flags and statues does not necessarily change anybody's uh, attitude. Yeah. All right. But it has to be done. It has to be done. What changes people's attitudes are, like I said before, are exposure and education. They need to be exposed to people that they don't normally uh, have in their circle. And they need to be educated about, about their own history. Do you think the and school many of them system are not? Um, yeah, do you think the school system could do a better job of educating? Absolutely. Yeah. Same, yeah, exactly, because here's the thing. The, the, the school system, just like the churches, are loath to, to talk about subjects that are taboo. Yes, exactly. You know, um, I'm 62 years old. So, you know, I'm what, uh, 32 years older than you, if mm -hmm. you're 30. When I was a kid in junior high school, which is what you all call middle school today, yeah. right? Um, sex education, whoa, was taboo. Really? Yeah, it was just coming, you know, coming in. Mm. And in order for you to, to take a course in that, you had to get written permission from your parents. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. And it was part of the uh, PE class, physical education class. Far shot from where we are today. As far as exactly. That, as far as that goes. And, and as a result, you know, um, today it's just, you know, part of the regular curriculum. Um, as a result, today, kids are, are more informed about STDs, venereal disease, family planning, contraception, all that kind of stuff. 
um, they have better knowledge and they know how to make right decisions. Um, back, back then, parents did not teach their kids about sex. They didn't want uh, uh, the school teaching them about sex. So what do they think? The kids are just never going to learn it? Are you yeah. kidding me? You know, they, where are they going to learn it? They're going to learn it on their own out in the street. And yeah. chances are you're going to become grandparents before your time. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so <clears throat> the, the same taboo that has now been lifted off of sex education so that kids can be better informed, more exposed and educated, that same taboo needs to be lifted off the topic of racism in school. Let yeah. me tell you something. <clears throat> we both are high school graduates, all right? When we were in school, even though at different times, oh, let, me, let me back up for a second. When, when I was in high school, we did not learn that this country had uh, internment camps for Japanese Americans. Wow. That was not in the history books. I did not learn that until I was in college. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? No way. Yes, Daryl, it's true. You know, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Well, why was it in the history book? Because it's a shameful part of our past. You know, So we tried to hide it. Just like it wasn't until about 20 years ago that uh, Germany started teaching about the Holocaust in its country. A lot of German kids grew up not knowing what happened in that country. I didn't even know that. People. Oh, yeah. yeah. They it was shameful. You know? Um, <clears throat> even in... The, listen... Do you know the the uh, the largest insurrection in this country, um, next to the Civil War? What's that? I mean, I'm, I'm just asking. Do you know what it was? No. It was the Tulsa race massacre, Tulsa oh, race yes. riot. Yeah. yeah, that was the largest insurrection in this country. Why isn't it in the history books? At all. At all. You, you know why? It's because it was awful. white people murdering black people, burning and looting their homes. Yep. Wiping out over 300 people, black people, in one weekend. It's Black Wall Street, right? At black Wall Street, exactly. In Greenwood, uh, Oklahoma, a suburb of a uh, subject section of uh, Tulsa. The only thing you hear about uh, in our history books is Martin Luther King, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Rosa Parks, and, just the baseline, you know? And see, it, it took a long time to even get King in there. Uh, we, we, we tried for decades to get a holiday for Dr. King. And, and they kept rejecting it, rejecting it. All right. Finally, we got it. I think Arizona was the last state to approve it. Uh, anyway, um, Martin Luther King is the only American man, the only American man who has a holiday all to himself in this country. No other American man has a holiday all to himself in this country. And guess what? He's what? black. Yeah. And that's what they did not want. Mm. All right? Now, there used to be two white guys, each of them, two white American men, each of them had a holiday to himself. George Washington and Abraham Lincoln we had we had George Washington Day, uh, yeah. and we had and we had Abraham Lincoln Day, and then because they figured we had too many holidays, the powers that be merged those two, President. and now today they call it President's Day. 
but President's Day, which is one day now, yeah. used to be two days, mm. a Washington Day and Lincoln Day mm. in my time, all right? Yeah. So now there are no uh, Americans who have a holiday all to themselves except for Martin Luther King, and he's black. So that was something that, that was resented. Now, there is a man in this country who does have a holiday all to himself, just like Martin Luther King, except he's not American. And you just mentioned his name, mm -hmm. Christopher Columbus, right? Yes. Now, we know, we know that Christopher Columbus was a murderer. He's awful, yes, yeah. He was a rapist and he pillaged. And we gave this man, now tell me something, how do you go somewhere and people are already there and <laughs> you say you discovered the place? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure I understand that. You, you go somewhere, people are already there and you claim you discovered it. Yeah. Anyway, um, he, 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 was, he was a murderer, a rapist and a pillager. Yet we give him this holiday every October and we always have. Yet Martin Luther King never raped anybody. He never pillaged any place. He never murdered anybody. In fact, he gave his life, literally gave his life. He was assassinated. For what? For trying to bring everybody together, white, black, poor, rich, etc. He gave his life to bring America together, to make it the United States. And yet we denied him for decades to give him a holiday, but yet we give it to a rapist and a pillager and a murderer who's not even an American. All over the color of your skin. All over the color of the skin. What you're doing, I think, is uh, absolutely invaluable, especially for people my age who refuse to talk to each other. And I know that, that might know, just be a young man's thing or, or an internet thing. Or... And it's, it's not that everybody has to agree with one another. No. Certainly, you know, we're all individuals, but we should learn to have that civil dialogue and exchange ideas, exchange information, because it makes us better people. It makes us more worldly. That yeah. we begin to understand where each other is coming from. I say all the time on the podcast that if you are unwilling to have your ideas challenged, you'll never understand your own beliefs. That's right. And you won't, That's because right. you, you, you'll never understand the other side of it. So um, I do, yeah, it, it's absolutely vital. And I hope that, uh, I hope that we, you know, this, I know we're far away from the, like you said, the end of the book, but uh, uh, at least the pages are turning. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what's absolutely. important. All right, brother. Well, uh, that's it. Hey, I, I really so appreciate much, it. I, really, I appreciate it. And please stay in touch. But hold on, you're you're a comedian, right? Yeah, I am. All you're right, so, you, so, <laughs> so you, you can't you can't leave without, without telling me a joke first. Oh come on! Don't do that. Don't make me tell a joke. <laughs> hey, you make me talk about all this I stuff. I can't. I can't. Yeah. <laughs>